0: Always exciting. Bay Area, California. We'll start there. This is a story about drug overdoses, which has been so overshadowed by the Chinese bat fever. And it took a global pandemic to overshadow the drug crisis because it has reached, you got to be kidding, uh, proportions. And they're talking about the, I mean, the the drug overdoses have killed so many more people in in, uh, San Francisco and the Bay Area than COVID. It's not even close. And they go through all sorts of insane statistics where there's already about 460 overdoses this year um just under last year which was a crazy record uh, by the end of the year um the peak came in january of this year when 76 people died 76 and 70 of them had fentanyl in their system um it's still bad and and then they get of course in the san francisco chronicle into what's causing this and and they hit some of the usual suspects like uh income inequality housing shortages and systemic racism as they continue to double and triple down on policies that make it as easy, convenient, and comfortable as possible to be a drug addict. And then they're shocked when people become drug addicts or stay drug addicts and, and uh, eventually overdose. And they're spending millions and millions of dollars on it, and they still have people just dropping like flies. So, you have that. Exhibit number two. The DEA is warning about fentanyl and meth laced mm. pills. I saw that flooding across the country. We had more than ninety three thousand overdose deaths last year wow. nationally, over ninety three thousand, which is an increase of almost thirty percent from the previous year. So you got murders and drug overdoses up
1: thirty percent. Good friend of our family, her daughter overdosed, died. Oh.
0: It's so sad because yeah. the people think they know what they're getting and the, the public safety alert is about these counterfeit pills often sold on social media or e-commerce sites uh increasingly contain fentanyl, sometimes methamphetamine, and so people don't know what they're taking.
1: Cuz okay, okay, slow down. There's the part where I'm getting confused. This okay. part. Who's getting these pills how? Like am I at any risk if I'm just going to my CVS and get my medicine that way or where are people getting their pills that Ooh. that are with have fentanyl in them?
0: Wherever illegal drugs are
1: sold. So it's an it's an a, 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 they're trying to get stuff illegally. Right.
0: Exactly. If yeah. If, you if, have an oxycodone habit and you buy it from. Okay, a OK. OK. Yeah. Exactly. So
1: they're not sneaking fentanyl stuff into the. Uh,
0: Walgreens. Right. OK. Indeed. So as yeah. long as
1: I'm going to a. Actual pharmacist.
0: Yeah. At first, uh, the drug abuse and the death centered around prescription pain kills as Big Pharma farmed out some of the most dangerous stuff ever seen on a pharmacy shelf and claimed it was fine. Never forget. In recent years, death toll has risen sharply in part, uh, fueled in large part by fentanyl, which we've all heard about, which is uh, absolutely incredible. So, you know, if you or if a loved one has a habit, you know, we're rooting for you to get clean. Um, it's twice as dangerous. It may be 50 times more dangerous to have a pill habit than it was three years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Just keep it in mind. Maybe that'll help motivate you. And our final. Well, it was very
1: deadly to be a, uh, an addict of any of these things when it was where you were getting the
0: pure stuff. And it killed oh, yeah. people like crazy. Oh, yeah, it's way more dangerous than car crashes now. Way, way, way more dangerous. And the final drug note, uh, two fine folks, Andre Jesus Morales and Christine Ponce, were arrested in Southern California, according to the Riverside District Attorney's Office. They were charged in a massive drug bust that resulted in authorities seizing more than 46 pounds of an extremely lethal synthetic opioid. You've heard of fentanyl. Do you know car fentanyl? It's actually spelled differently, oddly enough. No. 46 pounds of this stuff, not to mention some coke and some heroin, but they say the drug is 10,000 times more potent than morphine, a hundred times more potent than fentanyl. It's typically used to tranquilize elephants. And wow. <laughs> now keep, keep in mind
1: now. Two Alex mill- in the newsroom. Can you look up the average weight of an elephant for me? Sure can. It'd be very helpful to know. 12,000 pounds. Really?
0: Off the top of your head? It's something like that. African elephants, 12,000. Uh, we'll see elephants, somewhat smaller. We'll see how close you are. That was uh, like. Uh,
1: do you want African, Asian? Which African one? African
0: are 12 to 15,000 pounds on average. Asian, more like 8 to 11. Okay, so, Alex. Somebody
1: get this man a cupcake. 13,000 of African bush elephant, Asian elephant, 8,800. Joe has always been really good at guessing the weights of zoo animals.
0: <laughs> uh elephants should not be in zoos jack um i i was super into elephants as a kid still am i wrote a paper about prehistoric elephants in 5th grade asking about <laughs> his full size
1: back elephant tattoo oh, oh yeah oh yeah oh, yeah absolutely yeah when i told my kids a couple weeks ago that there's a company a company in england Serious about bringing back the woolly mammoth? That's like the only thing my nine-year-old can talk about when he's in the bathtub. Let's talk some more about the woolly mammoth. Do you think it will? I mean, just every <laughs> night. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That and that they discovered uh, the new dinosaur they discovered over the weekend, the monkey dactyl. Have you heard about this? Oh, look out! Um, uh, a pterodactyl that's part. It's got like a head of a monkey and opposable thumbs. It's the oldest beast with opposable thumbs that they've ever discovered. A monkey dactyl. <laughs> wow! They got to bring that back to life. That sounds like something Dr.
0: Frankenstein would sew together. <laughs> I That's f- crazy. Uh, so the po- reason we had started to, you have a Anyway, well, if, <laughs> if you, if your boys want to form, uh, I'll, I'll form a woolly mammoth enthusiast club and they can be in it. But anyway.
1: The fact so- that you've got a full elephant back tattoo is just fantastic. The, the reason yeah, absolutely. And he's wearing Ray Bans. People are taking drugs that are designed to put an elephant down.
0: Yes. That should exactly. help you get over your day's problems. So, so listen to this math here. Two milligrams of fentanyl is enough to kill someone. Two milligrams. And this stuff is 100 times more potent than fentanyl. Oh. And they had 46 pounds of it, enough to kill more than 50 million people. So the goal of a
1: drug dealer is not to kill their clients. That's a terrible business model. Exactly. You don't make it works for McDonald's. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hey, I'm attorneys, you idiot. (laughs) You don't make any money off of a dead drug addict as a drug dealer. So there's no upside from that standpoint. That's why I'm always just so Where did I first hear this story? Was it 60 Minutes? Who did the story originally about China making fentanyl and getting into the United States to kill us off? Because they believe we're such a decadent, drug-addicted society. Here's a chance to kill off hundreds of thousands or millions of Americans. Is that what's going on? Because, like I said, the drug dealers, there's no
0: advantage to them. Well, I think the Chinese are absolutely enthusiastic about that goal. I think that from the point of view of the drug dealers is you have an, an input, an ingredient and it's much much denser more more powerful so you have to ship much less of it it's just much more convenient and then you have to uh, actually formulate your pills but the problem is the the most infinitesimal mistake in this kills people and it's killing 90,000 people a year in this country so they're just they're not that good at it
1: well that sounds like the margin for error your quality control would have to be really really high
0: Right, right. But again, I mean, if you're trying to make, uh, you know, 10,000 pills to get people high, uh, you need one one hundredth of the amount of carfentanil as you do even fentanyl, which is just mind bogglingly powerful. So again, it's a question of convenience. So I've never
1: been a drug guy for whatever reason. I just really, really liked booze. I mean, just so much. I could it's good just, to have a hobby. You know, the, the, the things would come out at parties and I was perfectly fine sitting in the corner with my booze. I'll drink all your booze. Well, you do whatever that is because I want all the booze. But um, but so now, if you're sitting around a, a party and people start to bring stuff out, there might be something there that's going to kill somebody instantly.
0: Absolutely. Which is why every city in the country is distributing Narcan, to whoever wants it. That's that nasal spray that will revive you from an overdose. Um, yeah, it's, it's a horrific problem. Like I said, only the Chinese bat fever could overshadow this story. You know, it's an enormous story. It's a, it's a, it's a public health just catastrophe. That's interesting. And this is the age of hyperbole. That's not a hyperbole. Hmm. Don't do drugs, kids. Armstrong and Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: We brought up the concept of restless anal syndrome. Uh that's because Jap- Japanese researchers have tied that to COVID-19 for the first time. I had never heard of restless anal syndrome. You have heard of restless leg syndrome? Turns out it's a restless leg syndrome variant. It's just traveled it up it climbs up a little bit. It's just climbed up your legs to your <laughs> anus. Yes. And it's has uh, got the same features of restless leg syndrome, the urge to move. Shake your butt to the music, man. Shake it, shake it. It's kind of the same sort of I'm thing. i are trying as well. to sleep urge to move worsening with rest improvement with exercise gets worse in the evening. So uh yeah, it's like restless leg syndrome, it's only your anus and it can happen with uh With the covid, you hope it doesn't. I th- I was kind of concerned I had restless leg syndrome recently. I mean, it was I was not being able to sleep and my legs were all over the place and then I stopped drinking coffee afternoon and it went away. So
0: interesting. So that's
1: what cured it for me.
0: It's worth mentioning that the restless leg syndrome or, you know, uneasy anus syndrome is uh, it's a neurological uh, phenomenon it it has nothing to do with your uh, cloaca itself to cite the biological term for frogs maybe your Um, anus is just like bored keep it active keep it interested maybe it just doesn't feel like it's reached its potential in life and that restlessness is a positive it's not ready for bed But, yeah, it's a neurological thing. One of the many uh, mysterious and troubling uh, symptoms of the Chinese bat fever. I don't know. They've only got one case
1: of it with some old guy. But uh, if you get the COVID, keep on the lookout for it. One case?
0: (laughs) I didn't realize that. (laughs) Maybe this guy just likes attention. Yeah, that guy, I can't smell. I can't taste. Uh, Some of my hair fell out. Uh, My elbow hurts. Uh, Let me see. My knee is stiff. My anus is restless. Wait a minute. What was that last thing you said? I said uh, my knee hurts. No, the other one. About your anus. It's restless. (laughs) Oh, is that uh, that something? Is that special, Doc? Oh, very rare. It's feeling unfulfilled, like it hasn't reached its potential. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, beautiful. So
1: we got quite a few texts, as you would expect, over the story out of Japan, where scientists have found that COVID can cause restless anal syndrome. Many of the texts are unreadable and uh, Mm. pass, but uh, we got...
0: Disappointing and surprising.
1: It's basically restless leg syndrome that has traveled northward um, from a uh, medical standpoint. We got this text, I have restless leg syndrome. It's not just wiggling legs. It's very painful, like being tased. It would be A Nightmare in the Anus, Mm. which is the name of my new band, Nightmare in the Anus. I'm not going to see you. We rock hard.
0: Yeah, I'll bet you do.
1: Uh, But yeah, so I hope you don't get that. If there's one thing I can wish you all today, I hope none
0: of you get Russell's saying. Okay. All right.
1: What's a scientific? Oh, you want to ignore science?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to follow the science. Right to your back door, as it turns out.
1: Uh, Americans check their smartphones 96 times a day. Yeah, I feel like that's a low number. Um, new research shows the U.S. is deep into the digital age with data showing Americans check their phones 96 times a day. It's once every 10 minutes, according to a company
0: that measures this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I read this study, and my favorite part is that virtually everybody's offended. When somebody looks at their smartphone during a conversation and virtually everybody does it themselves. Yeah. Will we all just get used to that? Or will we stop doing it or get used to it? It's just weird that like three quarters of people are hurt by it, but a majority of people do it th- themselves.
1: Roughly 50% of Americans are attempting to use their phone less, which I think is the definition of an addiction. If you're trying to do something less and you can't. Um uh. It showed that, and the reason I brought this up is this, uh, it showed that 18 to 24-year-olds checked their phones twice as much as the national average, okay, that's the group that has grown up with this, this, my brain is different than it was before smartphones were invented, and I was a full-on grown-ass man <laughs> when the smartphone uh, came around, and it still changed my brain. I can't imagine if I had started with this thing when I was, uh, you know, 12 years old or whatever. Yesterday, I'm on a major university college campus because it's a shortcut to downtown for my boy and I. We were riding our bikes someplace to get a milkshake. So we're riding through the college campus and um, school has started and we happen to be going through it like three o'clock, which apparently for classes is like five o'clock on the freeway if you're a driver. I mean, because there were just bikes tire to tire, thousands and thousands of bikes and people walking everywhere. And every single person walking, not every single person, but I'd say a good 80% of people walking and probably 10% of the bike riders were staring at their phone. And I just thought, that's probably the first time I've walked across a college campus when there's a bunch of people walking across it also since I was in college. Ain't nobody staring at a phone when I was in college, obviously, pre-internet. Um But w- w- what things aren't happening that were happening? And I'm not 100% convinced it's a bad thing that people are staring at the phones, but, man, you're not noticing the sky, the birds, the
0: trees, the weather, the buildings, the other people. The you're, cute girl who walked out of the class with you in the case of hetero males.
1: Not to mention just being alone with your thoughts, which actually is scientifically proven. That is fairly important to the way the brain works. All of those people that instead of walking for 10 minutes back to their dorm or wherever they're headed, where your mind would just wander About the day or what you just learned in class or the fight you had with your girlfriend last night or whatever it is. Nope. None of that happening anymore. Well,
0: I was just going to say, neurologically speaking, when you're walking away from a class where you have theoretically been taught some stuff, your brain is absolutely uh, filing that stuff away. Categorizing it, processing it, committing it to memory, et cetera. You know, I that's the rhythm of life, I think. And I just I think we're losing that with the smartphones.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I always hesitate with this stuff because they said it when radio was invented. They said it when, when TV was invented.
0: And they were right.
1: <laughs> As Bill Maher said the other night on his show, he said, that's a stupid argument. We can all feel that this is different than TV or radio or anything else. I would agree. And he's right. You can feel that it's different because you know, when you're doing it yourself, it's got a different category of absorbing your attention than anything else but all those college students staring at their phone rather than just walking along yeah it's interesting the 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 beast
0: and then it comes time for the exam they don't even remember being taught about restless restless anal syndrome or
1: anus syndrome how do you have time to think about how triggered you were in your science class or how oppressed you are by the something on the campus or something
0: It's a good point. Work up your
1: anger about a speaker that's coming to give a speech this Friday night. I mean, I remember how
0: how much you hate white
1: people. (laughs) How do you even fit that into your day when you're staring at your smartphone? Right.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty show.
1: Um, so here's the astounding thing I just heard on NPR. I'm tempted to just grab the whole thing and air it. It's just, it's, it's, it's unintentional satire comedy. It was all about yoga equity. Oh, no. And how yoga is dominated by rich white women, which um, in terms of paying to go to a yoga studio, it might be. Uh, and, and, and and buying yoga clothes, it might be. Uh, what What's your remedy for that? But anyway, how people of color and the LBGTQ community do not have access to yoga that... The way, and kept using the word colonization of yoga over and over oh, again. Oh boy. I mean, it was just, it was all your favorite buzzwords into the story of yoga. Hey, here's, here's a message to, to anyone out there. It's like, it's the same reason I don't have a gym membership. I don't want to pay for it. So you know what I do? I exercise at home. There's nobody stopping me. Go oh, ahead and do, no. y- go ahead it's, and do yoga on your own living room floor if you it's want. It's the
0: colonizing of sweating. <laughs> the colonization of yoga. Oh Lord! So only like starving Indian people should be able to do yoga. Yeah, the white wa- white washing of yoga, the
1: colonization of yoga, yoga equity—all just all your favorite buzz terms around freaking yoga—and people are hilarious. And everybody taking it with a completely straight face. I mean, just as if it you know it makes perfectly good sense. And how awful it is, and we should all have our brows furrowed over the fact that too many rich white women are doing yoga now. Weird! How
0: oh. weird is our culture? I so, so wish... I mean, I sincerely wish we could somehow divide the country in two and run an experiment. We get to run our country the way we see fit. Y'all, with your yoga colonization attitudes, you run yours, legalizing crime, letting criminals out of jail, the rest of it. And then after five years, let's do a little comparison. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. And so the the main point was how great... The pandemic has been in an unintended consequence for helping with the colonization of yoga because yoga went online mostly. And so people of color in the L B G T Q community and whoever else, um, I'm not exactly sure how those fit. I mean, so your your premise seems to be that it's awful, that it's not just people of Indian heritage that are doing yoga, uh-huh. but then it turns into people of color. Because a, 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 a black American has got nothing, no more to do with yoga than I do. Um And, and not, what
0: about the gay fellas? Not, how do they factor in? I'm not <laughs> sure how that factors in either. <laughs> and, but anyway, so there are a lot they're of... They're out there with Ted Cruz's chickens. They're just irrelevant to the conversation. I guess because a lot
1: of yoga classes went online or people started yoga classes online. Now more people, there's more yoga equity happening in the United States. Oh, right. for
0: the love of all that is holy, is <laughs> I, there anything too ridiculous for these people to say? I know it! I... Know it, good lord! It's like it's like a a mental illness. And I had just watched the opening
1: uh, from Tucker Carlson last night, in which he had some clips from MSNBC where they were making the argument that arguing at school board meetings over vaccines and masks is a is a form of white supremacy. And I thought it's just I I don't I don't even know what to do anymore. I don't even know how to make arguments or who to talk to. Speaking of chickens, maybe we should just clock, 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 clock,
0: clock. I, I don't well, know if, how you're going to respond to an argument that insane. I mean, what are you going to say? White supremacy. I'm concerned about what my kids are learning in the classroom or or that they have to wear masks when
1: there's no data to support that. The government shouldn't have to be able to make kids wear vaccines. Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't. But it ain't white supremacy yeah. that's driving that conversation. So if yoga routines, canceled, if the argument is. Nice. Not wanting your kid to have to wear a mask in school is white supremacy, and there's a lack of yoga equity. I mean, how do we, how do
0: you how, what, how how do you even form your arguments against that? I think it's just that they've gone to the ludicrous extreme of countering every argument with "you're a racist," "you're a colonizer," "you're a white supremacist." I
1: don't know. They seem like they really,
0: really believe it. Doesn't seem like a tactic, but I don't know. You, you want ice cream with the pie? Yeah, I would. You're a white supremacist. Say people who don't want ice cream with pie. Just, that's just their only argument. God, that's just Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Yoga to colonization. Good. Yeah.
1: Of all the things to worry about going on in the world, the thing that's got your your uh, tights in a bundle... Yoga routines. The thing that's got your lululemons up your yeehaw. <laughs> is, <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs>
0: your <yoo-hoo> is hoo uh, <laughs> Is yoga, the lack of yoga equity. So here's a question for you on the whole. It, it, it was an Indian practice that swept the world because people like it so much. And Is that a, cultural appropriation or I don't colonization? I, I, or?
1: I, 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 can't, I can't buy the the idea of cultural app- uh, appropriation. That makes no sense to me. That's about, the history of the world. That's this tribe seeing that tribe has fire. Oh, look, they made that rock round, and now they can roll things.
0: Let's us do that. That's the history of the world. They're cooking meat over well, the that's fire. C- that's colonization. Hey, that's caveman supremacy.
1: They <laughs> ate those berries and died. Let's not eat those berries. They cooked
0: those berries, and they're delicious. Let's cook those berries. Th- 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 what? That's just the way the world works. So was the British invasion, the music in nineteen sixty-four? Was that colonization or cultural appropriation or what? How did I mean those damn British bands? They, they they were colonizing our charts and pushing lame American acts off of them. It's all it clearly colonization. It's all ridiculous. I know it is. It's it's laughable. Folks, join us, please. Don't just resist. Don't don't just not do it. Resist it with everything you have, or it's going to ruin the country. I got a buddy that's into yoga now. He said there's a certain pose that makes him cry all the time. Makes him cry, yeah. like from pain or
1: emotional, no, emotional. release. There's something uh, what? There's something about one of those famous yoga poses that like squeezes one of your emotional glands or something like that. <laughs> and it's it, it, what you know. That's what they've been claiming, right, for thousands of years, really. Is uh is you know your emotional stuff is tied into your physical stuff and there's different parts of your body pressure points is is part of that and all that sure. sort of thing and, and your chi of course uh, yeah mind your chi anyway I just find that interesting the idea that if you get something all squeezed up it makes you cry and gets the the sadness
0: out of you or something wow wow I got to find that one <laughs> or oh. one of your testes is getting uh, squeezed <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well interesting! I've had a couple of friends, multiple friends, say you
1: really ought to get into yoga. I know I've had people uh, say that too. I just don't I see do me doing. I don't see me doing it. You'd look great in Lululemons. I would do it alone. I'm not like anti or think it makes you an f word or anything like that. Um, uh, but um, I just I'm not going to be in a group full of people doing that. I'm just not.
0: I've heard about the heat and the tooting. I just well, I was going to say the f word. It turns you into is a flatulator from what i understand is there's relaxed then there's too relaxed i'm more i'm more english in my manner than uh than say a yoga relaxed effusive it, italian type i'm i'm a little more controlled you know what i mean i don't mm-hmm. i don't want to be flatulating in front of people it's <laughs> no. terrible fart, fart primary no, definitely not it's, it's the very basics of human behavior to me
1: Hey, let's take a second to tell you about Simply Safe Home Security.
0: They've just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera and man, oh man, is it impressive.
1: So Simply Safe is already what U.S. News and World Report says is the best home security system of 2021, but it just got better.
0: So this outdoor security camera, wireless, has an ultra wide 140 degree field of view so you can keep watch over your entire yard or beyond. Has 1080p HD resolution, eight times zoom. That means you can actually zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence
1: and at night built-in spotlight with color night vision so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night it's really easy to set up easy to remove rechargeable battery, so it doesn't need an outlet you can put it anywhere you want on your property
0: to learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe Wireless Outdoor Security Camera, visit SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. They're knocking twenty percent off your entire new system, your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So one area of Germany, Bavaria, is that a state or a province or a
1: county or whatever? Yes. The way, yes, they, the way is, they exactly the way they demark areas in Germany. But um they had some pretty restrictive Um uh curfews around COVID. You were not not allowed up until like recently, like real recently, you were not allowed to leave your house at night unless it was for an essential reason. Or like any time after eight o'clock or uh, just crazy. Well a judge just stepped in and said, No, no, you have way overreached. And uh and I I liked what the judge said because I think this applies to the various things in the United States too and, and the curfew was basically suitable to inhibit transmission of the coronavirus and it's blah, 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 blah. But it was not a necessary measure, according to the ruling. And the judge said, when selecting protective measures, authorities must choose one that puts the least burden on fundamental rights from equally suitable means. You need to do what is the mildest measure possible to accomplish your goal. And it's interesting because the Bavarian government's argument was, no, 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 we need to do... The, uh, the strictest measure, the more restrictive restriction is always the most appropriate measure whenever wow. you have an emergency. And that the Germans, germ- so, am I wrong? <laughs> well, and, well, yeah, but, Nazi um, Germany. but you know, we've had that sort of thing around here where it's just, it's, it's just so interesting to actually get to see in real time. I've been reading about this all my, my whole life that where you give the county health person or, or the school board or whoever a little bit of power, they want to go with the most restrictive thing that they're that their power will allow them to do for the ultimate safety. And right. luckily every once in a while there's a judge or a the, the higher level of government that says no 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 you got to do the
0: least restrictive thing, not the most restrictive thing. Well, and I think the burden of proof needs to be on the authorities at every single step of the of the, the way. I mean, for instance, there were some counties in California I'm pretty familiar with that sued uh, the governor saying, according to the state constitution, an emergency is XYZ. This is not an emergency. So you shouldn't have emergency powers at all. But if those emergency powers are granted, the, the county health person who's usually employed just making sure bums can get gonorrhea shots, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, there they're in charge of all of society and they get to king-like powers and there's no presumption of liberty that they have to overcome. They just declare, no, you can't go, uh, into the park. You can't play golf, famously. Mm-hmm. Outdoors, people hundreds of yards away from you. You can't do that.
1: It's, it's just an interesting relearning of the lesson of human nature where they, they shot back at the judge. No, we need to use the, the, the most restrictive rules we can a lot can under law.
0: Wow. That's scary. Just in case that's the most effective. Yeah. Because we have the power.
1: Anyway, away from that, on to fun. I don't even know if you know this story. Um, There was a dust-up over funding for Israel, basically, to reload, rebuild their Iron Dome protective system that got pulled out of the infrastructure bill. The parliamentarians said, you, you can't, you that, that, that can't be in there. And then uh, it wasn't going to pass. So blah, blah, blah. They had a separate vote for whether or not we're going to give a, a billion dollars to Israel. And there are some lefties that don't like us giving money to Israel, Right. Um, and AOC is part of that crowd, but for some reason, the bill passed the hundred billion dollars to Israel, but she and a couple other people voted present. Yeah. As opposed to yes or no. And, uh, she defended her decision recently when she was asked, uh, by an interviewer who said that didn't seem to really please anybody. Why did, you, why did you vote present? And she said, in the micro, I do believe that this created a window in our community to be able to bring all folks to the table, you know, and just that sort of stuff. And, uh, what? and so this guy on TikTok did a little version of that kind of political answer. Oh, absolutely. And I, I do believe there is something to be said about this sort of, uh, how do I put this, uh, willing ignorance, right? This sort of duality between that consciousness of being aware in such manner, and yet... Readily marginalizing that intersectionality. It's very profound. These, these conversations are intrinsically multifaceted, right? There are different angles to be looking at this from, and it's crucial to juxtapose that contrast within those realms of varying perspective. It's, it's suffocating, to be quite frank. It's paralyzing. That's wow. just, I, I almost want to memorize. Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. I, I almost want to memorize <laughs> that and have it ready for the right situation. Wow. And anytime politicians do that sort of thing, the, uh, whoever was interviewing just goes along. Okay. Interesting. Well, thank you. That was, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of, uh, of New York. Thank you for your time today. I mean, they did that. Nobody said, wait a second. You didn't say anything.
0: (laughs) And the (laughs) cow-eyed would-be cultists sitting there in the classroom just say, yes, professor. Yes, professor. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: I'm listening to this podcast with a bunch of people from National Review. I don't know if you've ever listened to the editors' podcast. I really like it, and particularly uh, Charlie Cook, who might be my favorite pundit. But he he brought out some uh, statistics and got into this, and I and he's absolutely right. And we've gotten, and the Democrats have gotten got done a really good job of getting us so far down this road that we're all just kind of accepting. You know, four trillion is a given. It's just whether or not it's going to be four trillion or six and a half trillion, but it's just, it's all a given. And it's, how the hell did we get here? We have already spent in the pandemic time, six trillion dollars above and beyond the usual enormous federal budget. And the normal, usual federal bullet, budget is, oh, I was going to look up the numbers, but it's something like, we spend a dollar 80 for every dollar we take in. That was our situation before the pandemic hit, which is the most expensive thing to ever happen to the United States. It's now more expensive than World War II and more deadly. A giant crisis came out of nowhere and hit the United States. 700,000 people have died and we've spent 6 trillion dollars. And we are upside down on our credit card to start with. Right. The idea that we're going to spend any more money is insane. It's absolutely insane. Right. And, and, and the fact that nobody's looking at that way just shows you how far tra- off track we are. It's, it, I've done this in my own life. I don't know if anybody else has where you start looking to buy a car, a motorcycle, a big screen TV, a different house or whatever. And and you get a so a certain ways down the line and the price keeps getting bigger. And maybe this one, maybe that one, maybe that one. You can research this one, maybe that. And then pretty soon you're slapped back, wait a second. My job's a little shaky right now, and I'm already like kind of maxed out here. What am I even talking about?
0: Well, yeah, if you have that moment of wisdom, good for you. As a country, we're behaving like a trust fund kid on our daddy's yacht with a nose full of cocaine. There is no realism. The
1: point from these people was, and they're absolutely right, we're acting like, everybody's acting like, oh, we're, we're flush. We've got our bills paid. Oh, you know, we're, we're running in the black. Everything's good. Now is the time to, to, to tackle things that we haven't tackled in a long time. The, the the opposite couldn't be more true. This is the absolute wrong time. Even stuff we have to do we can't afford. We just can't afford it. We're we're beyond maxed out. We're upside down. All our entitlement programs are going broke. We spent six trillion dollars. Inflation is rising. Now is not the time, actually, to fix our roads and bridges. It's the wrong time. And then for stuff like pre-K and free college and all these new things, are
0: right. you insane? Right. Right. Well, and you, you kind of touched on the great evil multiplier of all this. Another assumption we're making is, and there's no chance interest rates will go up. So this enormous debt that we're accruing will be even more painful. No, it's 100% certain interest rates are going to go up significantly in the next oh, yeah. several years. And,
1: and the other point of this was, what do we do now? We are, we are the ultimate don't save for a rainy day culture right now. We just had a rainy day. We maxed out all of our credit cards. Our credit cards were maxed out when we started. Then we opened up like eight new credit cards and maxed them out. And now we're talking about spending another people are talking about getting that second bill down to two trillion and it'll pass. So that'll be three and a half trillion on top of the six trillion we've already spent, putting it a set nine and a half trillion dollars we added. Minimum during, bare that, minimum that we added during the pandemic. When we were broke to start with. And now, what if, what if, what if there's a gamma variant, as has been pointed out, that, uh, that sends the economy, what if China and Taiwan get ugly? What if, uh, you know, another 2008 financial crisis happens? We can't lower interest rates. They're at zero. We are absolutely setting ourselves up for disaster if any, anything bad happens in the next few years. This is no way to run your life. This is running on the very financial edge when your job is shaky and you don't know what's going on. Now, you, now, all of a sudden, you get a medical bill and you actually are homeless because you didn't have any forethought for a disaster.
0: Are we getting the government we deserve? Partly. Plus, the powerful have figured out how to further consolidate power like we were discussing. There's no debates. There's no amending bills. It's... uh. It's quite an experiment we're running as a country.
1: It's a depressing conversation because to me, if you if you look at it, there's no justification for either one of those bills.
0: Right. Oh, it'd be nice to to... do that
1: stuff. Our our roof's leaky. We gotta fix the roof. We don't have any money. We've maxed out our credit cards. We're done. Until we can get our ship straight, we're just going to have to put buckets under the roof. That that's where we are as a country.
0: Well, and keep in mind those numbers are actually underestimates of how much money is going to be spent because one of the tricks they use is they announce a big program, say universal pre-K, and they say eh, for for three years we'll we'll pay for that for for three years, knowing that a benefit once given can never be taken away without enormous political costs. So that budget uh, for the pre-K or whatever will be renewed in year four. Absolutely, will will well, be. It'll I'm, be an additional expenditure.
1: I'm I'm fully on the team that believes neither one of these bills should pass. It's crazy that we're even thinking about it. What in reality, what's going to happen is I think at least three and a half trillion is going to pass at the minimum, and a bunch of uh, and a bunch of people on the right are going to like cheer. Yeah, we got it all the way down to three and a half trillion total. No, boy. oh my god, this is just a disaster. It's a disaster.
0: Armstrong and
1: Getty.